The information contained on the Real Health Podcast and the resources mentioned are for educational purposes only. They are not intended as and shall not be understood or construed as medical or health advice. The information contained on this podcast is not a substitute for medical or health advice from a professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. Information provided by hosts and guests on the Real Health Podcast or the use of any products or services mentioned does not create a practitioner-patient relationship between you and any persons affiliated with this podcast. This is the Real Health Podcast brought to you by Reardon Clinic. Our mission is to bring you the latest information and top experts in functional and integrative medicine to help you make informed decisions on your path to real health. Well, hello, everyone. This is Dr. Ron Henninghockey, and it's uh, another episode of the Real Health Podcast. And I'm delighted today that Dr. Stacy Dunn, one of our naturopathic oncologists, is here with us to talk a little bit about prevention. So, Dr. Dunn, thank you so much for coming on board again today. Well, thank you for having me. So, uh, we were just talking a little bit beforehand about how, uh, you know, as we do see quite a few cancer patients here at uh, Reardon Clinic and and that uh, unfortunately a large number of them have been uh, breast cancer patients and Mm -hmm. that we're seeing uh, even more of the younger women coming in with breast cancer. And so what we thought might be a, a, a good way to kind of bring everyone up to speed in terms of prevention is just for us to talk about what are the things that any woman at any age uh, that uh, what what do we need to be focusing on to help women reduce their risk for getting breast cancer so I hope that's a good topic that you're you feel comfortable with absolutely that sounds wonderful <laughs> okay well uh, you know there are uh, there are people who have really thought deeply about this, and I I want to just off the bat recommend a book to our audience. It's called Anti Cancer Living. Lorenzo Cohen is the director of the Integrative Medicine Department at MD Anderson, and this is part. This book came about as uh, research that he engaged with with a good friend of his. This, uh, there was a doctor that wrote a book called Anti-Cancer, Dr. David Servan Schreiber. And Dr. Schreiber himself got cancer. And but what he found out though, is that there was very little written about what a person could do to prevent cancer in the first place. And then if you do get cancer, do these same things apply? And so what Dr. Cohen came up with in his book was uh, six areas, and I've had one, uh, one other area that typically relate to helping us reduce our risk for cancer. And so what we'll do, Dr. Dunn, is maybe just take these one at a time and go through them. Interestingly enough, he mentions relationships and, and having really strong relationships as a way of preventing cancer. Absolutely. Why? That is so important. Absolutely. Why, how does that your... work though? How would that work? How does that work? How does <laughs> how does having a good relationship yeah. reduce your risk of cancer? 
Well, I think it, it mitigates stress for one, and it increases the, you know, your, your internal joy. Um, and those, you know, that joy, I think helps to, to reduce inflammation and, and just, um, yeah, I think it's a powerful tool. There's a whole field of psychoneuroimmunology. Absolutely, and yes. so we now know that the immune system responds to our stress or to our yes. well-being. And so uh, <laughs> this is where, you know, working at maintaining healthy relationships can actually help reduce your risk for getting cancer. And so, and, and as you mentioned, stress, if, if you're constantly at war with people, right. your, your stress load's going to be high and that's going to weaken your immune system and maybe even deplete certain nutrients like vitamin C that would be otherwise protective for you. So, so these okay. things do play into it. Uh, also, if you're stressed, you're not going to sleep as well. And I'm, I'm, I'm just blown away by the studies on how important sleep is. Sleep. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. We know, for example, that, that people that work night shifts have higher rates of, of cancer. And so sleep is, is, is vital uh, to immune health. And people should be looking into whether or not they have sleep apnea, because if, yeah. they're, if they're not breathing properly at night and they're not getting enough oxygen, oxygen. we mm -hmm. know that that cancer cells, if they're de if they're deprived of oxygen, they just start growing even faster and more. So, mm -hmm. uh, so getting a good night's sleep also means making sure that you you oxygenate well during the night. Right, and that's a time that our cells are able to to repair and 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 it's 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 not only important to get enough sleep, but those those hours in which you you get that sleep is also important, and that it's you know following the circadian rhythm and that. You know, we can um, have sufficient production of melatonin and, and other hormones that, you know, are, um, suppress our appetite during the day and help control our weight um, are, are produced at night if you're, if you're sleeping kind of along with nature. <laughs> it's surprising how powerful melatonin is as an antioxidant. And so mm -hmm. certainly making your own is the best. But yes. people, I think, taking melatonin, a lot of times people think that they're taking melatonin just to put themselves to sleep, but it may right. actually be augmenting the quality of your sleep as well and right. helping with your detoxification systems. That's a big mm -hmm. one right there. So you, it's interesting how these, these different categories intermix. Mm -hmm. Detoxification is a really right. important factor in uh, helping men and women avoid cancer. But mm -hmm. we don't think of sleep as being a detoxification strategy, but it is. It is. That absolutely is. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so uh, your body's uh, liver, the lymphatic systems, all these mm -hmm. things need time to uh, help clear out things. And I've, and I've read uh, a lot of information about how uh, during the night there is a glymphatic system in your brain that opens up and it's like the uh, the dishwasher is going on while you're sleeping <laughs> cleaning away the muck of the day and then that mm. helps you handle stress better and mm. if you handle stress better wouldn't you think a person's going to make better food choices right right absolutely and uh it all plays together so what in in your in your experience if if you were going to kind of give some advice to a woman about making better food choices kind of let's let's just talk in general terms how how what would we say would be some of the best ways to 
to eat in order to prevent cancer? Yeah, I think, um, you know, lots of vegetables and fruits, kind of more of a low-grain Mediterranean diet is what I generally recommend. Um, lower lower carbs in general, but lots of fruits and vegetables and, and you know, some healthy sources of meats and, and good healthy fats. Um, yeah, you want to keep your blood sugar on the, you know, the lower end. So, uh, you know, the carbs and, and grains can help increase that. So, so reducing those are really important because that insulin can be a, a growth factor. Um, so we want to keep, keep your blood sugar down and insulin levels lower. Um, and so a lower grain, you know, high vegetable diet is ideal. Cancer cells just love glucose and sugar. And uh, unfortunately in our culture, so do we, but, <laughs> but we're, we're inadvertently feeding these cells because right. they have shifted to this different type of metabolism, which mm -hmm. thrives on sugar. It's interesting mm -hmm. that the, the vitamin C molecule is very similar to the glucose mm -hmm. molecule because in most creatures, we make uh, glucose, or excuse me, we make vitamin C from the glucose molecule. Mm -hmm. But if we can take more vitamin C, the cancer cells will actually uptake more of that and that can help help uh, the body to control the growth of the tumor cells as well. Absolutely. And when we talk about prevention and, and, and blood sugar and, and, you know, and yes, sugar feeds cancer, but when we're talking on a, a prevention scale, you know, the, the higher blood sugar is going to cause a suppressed immune system and, and make you more vulnerable to, to, um, to cancer. And not only does it, you know, decrease your white blood count, but it can also, you know, decrease the activity of the, those white blood cells, you know, um, their function. And so it is, yeah. Right. It, it exactly. plays a role in prevention as well. <laughs> so I'm going to show the audience something. I'm going to display my arm here. Oh. <laughs> this is a continuous glucose yes. monitor. And, um, it's been a, a very interesting experience for me. And so just along the line of what we were talking about, mm -hmm. sugar feeds cancer. Most people don't know that different foods trigger different levels of blood sugar in right. the body and it, and it varies from person to person. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that's really helped me to see, just, just to use one example, is that if I do eat something sweet, but if I go out and exercise right away, mm -hmm. that blood sugar comes right down so it's a kind of an incentive after you're done eating to go out and, and walk around the block or, or or take a one mile walk if you can, right. just to, to, to keep a, a better control of your blood sugar. Then the, the high color foods that we were talking about in yeah. addition to the phytonutrients, it seems like high color foods have less of a blood sugar spike. I don't know, maybe right. that the phytonutrients help the body process those sugars better. Mm -hmm. Fiber, eating foods that are higher in fiber, that tends yes. to, to level out the blood sugar. And mm -hmm. when you actually see it, and, and you actually, every five minutes it will give a reading on your phone and you can oh, wow. actually find out how much of a difference it can make. Mm -hmm. I was, uh, I, I found out one of the things that's changed greatly because of this is I used to have wine or a beer late at night didn't work for me at all. I, I actually didn't yeah. sleep as well and my blood sugar was up during the night. Not to say that we're against uh, appropriate le levels of mm -hmm. alcohol use, but the wrong time can make a big difference. And then, then that in turn disrupts the sleep, right? Sure. So then right. you can't diffuse the stress 
and then you're right. tired and you don't feel like exercising. So a lot of these, all these things kind of fit together. And But the important thing that I'm making here is that we're all unique individuals. And a lot of times we have to figure out for ourselves what's mm -hmm. best from this particular body uh, in terms of reducing. I would like to go back to the alcohol though, because for breast cancer in particular, it is a huge risk factor. Ah. And even moderate intake of alcohol for women will greatly, some studies show 40 to 50% increased risk with even moderate alcohol use. And that could be, you know, one, one glass of wine a day. Um, yeah. So, so, so it is important to, that is a big, I think a big piece of the, you know, the dietary <laughs> recommendations that it does include, you know, abstaining for the most part from alcohol. Right. Um, yeah. Occasional use is okay. Occasional, you know, but, um, and definitely daily drinking is not, not, um, yeah, a not a good idea. <laughs> also, mm -hmm. I just thought of another addition to the going out and exercise after you have a high carbohydrate meal. You're getting more sunshine, and if you get more sunshine, <laughs> your body's making more vitamin D. Vitamin D. Isn't yes, there absolutely. a ton of research now that vitamin D is <laughs> so very much protective? On vitamin D. Yeah, yes, protective for for so many different types of cancers, and it's such an easy thing to do to take vitamin D and to go out and get. And you should get your levels checked and and and. See see where you are and twice yeah. a year if you think you're at any risk for cancer i suggest getting your levels checked twice a year right. or at least until you know you're maintaining really good levels right. we've learned at the reardon clinic that this concept of functional medicine that if you measure something on yourself and you mm -hmm. find that it's low you're much more likely to change your behavior than if your doctor or a friend right. or someone says you sh you need to be taking more vitamin d okay okay i will Absolutely. Well, maybe you will, maybe you won't. But if you measure yourself and it comes in low and then you read the research on how important vitamin D is at preventing mm -hmm. all the various cancers, right. then you'll really get behind that particular behavior. I agree. I agree. And that way you also know what to dose. <laughs> so depending on what your level is, you'll know how much to take. There's a lot more to this conversation and it's coming up right after a quick break. Today's podcast is brought to you by Biocenter Laboratories. The Biocenter Laboratory provides state-of-the-art lab testing and diagnostic services for healthcare providers, laboratories, hospitals, and the general public. Lab tests available through Biocenter include a comprehensive list of vitamins, minerals, fatty acids, amino acids, hormones, and pyrroles. They also provide a variety of standardized tests for disease markers. These markers include cardiovascular disease, diabetes, thyroid dysfunction, hormone imbalance, and more. Visit biocenterlab.org to learn more. So what are your recommendations these days regarding thermography, mammography? These are important uh, early detection methods. Mm -hmm. And really, thermography is not exactly an early detection, but it's kind of letting letting us know if there are some abnormalities in the vascular flow of the breast. But how do sure. these work together? What are your thoughts on uh, the women making use of this? Yeah, I mean, I think thermography is just additional information for us and can, you know, in it in of itself is not diagnostic. So you would need additional you know, an ultrasound or MRI or a mammogram to, you know, to, to actually, you know, diagnose something. But, um, but I think it, it is great, you know, information to have. 
um, of, you know, mammogram is standard of care and, and that's what most, you know, insurance companies will cover. And, and it can be really helpful for detecting um, breast cancer. So that's, that's generally what I recommend um, just because it's, it, it is covered and it is preventative care um, and not everyone can afford to, 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 you know, request an ultrasound or an MRI and, um, or, or, you know, thermography. So. Dr. Frank Schallenberger, who's uh, spoke at our conferences and is well known in the field of uh, mm -hmm. natural therapies for, for mm -hmm. cancer. He's said, if you are having a mammogram or any kind of radiologic uh, testing, double or triple your melatonin that melatonin. night if you take it because mm -hmm. melatonin does have a, a, a radiation right. negating effect it won't interfere Absolutely. with the study itself but it'll reduce your body's exposure right. to the radiation i think that's a great strategy absolutely yeah mm -hmm. so one other area that involves our environment and we just don't think about it or see it but i think it's happening more and more is uh environmental toxins in oh i agree so just to throw one out glyphosate Glyphosate mm -hmm. is uh, if you live near a, a field or if you're you're in a farming community, mm -hmm. you're, you're going to have a lot of exposure. But we're finding out that it's been even getting in the water, and Absolutely. so so people need to be aware of that. Maybe right. periodically test for it if you're concerned, and mm -hmm. uh, and certainly try to buy organic type foods. Exactly. Yeah, I think buying organic when you can is is really imperative and and it is just ubiquitous in our in our you know um, environment right now um and and so many other chemicals and i do think that that plays a huge role especially in all of these you know we're seeing younger and younger women with a, a breast cancer diagnosis and i think that that's playing a huge role because these women have grown up around these millions of chemicals that really haven't been tested um, and many of which that have been tested have been found to be carcinogenic um, and so I, I think you know I don't think that's going to change until our environment changes yeah plastics my understanding about certain plastics is that mm -hmm. they actually have estrogen like effects and so be careful mm -hmm. about you know, drinking too many things out of plastic bottles or right. especially you should never heat something in plastic in the microwave no. because you're... I agree. Yes. Yeah. So, you do, Yeah. Use glass um, to, to heat something in the microwave or, or wherever you're heating it. No, you know, drinking warm drinks, you should drink out of glass or stainless steel, um, not plastic. Yeah. BPA is another source BPA. of those mm -hmm. endocrine disruptors. And, you know, and those are found in most can, I mean, they're the, it's changing a little bit now, but, you know, in canned products. The lining um, so of the avoiding, cans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there, a lot of them are saying no. Even, oh, go ahead. A lot of them are saying no BPA. So mm -hmm. that's that's something to look for if you're wanting to stay away from plastics. It is, but they're 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 now adding like vinyl chloride instead oh, of you know or PVC instead of BPA. So they're you know substituting one you know carcinogen for another. Um, so yeah, avoiding canned foods would be ideal. <laughs> Back to the interaction though, if you're if you're out walking or jogging or or doing saunas and you're sweating more, you're going to be helping mm -hmm. your body remove toxins. Yes. So these Definitely. are all lifestyle things that you kind of just have to weave into your mm -hmm. your weekly mm -hmm. experience, maybe daily if you can, but certainly once or twice a week uh, if you can get mm -hmm. out there and sweat, it's right. going to be it's going to be beneficial. 
Absolutely. And there are so many studies on exercise and breast cancer, breast cancer reduction for primary prevention, but also reducing the risk of recurrence for, for, for women that have had a breast cancer diagnosis. So it's really pretty profound. I mean, I think that you can reduce your risk up to 55% by, by exercising regularly, especially to prevent recurrence. Mm-hmm. A more touchy area is this whole area about birth control, hormones, and yeah. where where are we at in that? Because I know there's a lot of concern about that and, uh, you know, bioidentical hormones versus synthetic hormones um, mm-hmm. versus the hormones that's in foods. You know, that's another right. factor. We, we didn't even mention that, but uh, right. a lot of the uh, the animals, the livestock are fed uh, hormonally based, uh, they're given hormone shots or they're, or they're getting hormones in their diet. So do you have any suggestions for people? And just Mm -hmm. in terms of this broad topic? Yeah. I mean, I think it is a risk factor. And so I think, you know, I think every woman has to weigh the risk versus the benefits. And I think, you know, speaking with your health care provider and, 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 you know, your naturopathic physician and or functional medicine provider and, and running some tests and looking at how you're metabolizing your hormones and how, you know, and, 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 and kind of how you're detoxifying and, and, and maybe even looking at some SNPs to see how, you know, how those hormones may, affect you personally and so and weighing those risks versus the benefits because you know um birth control is a is a is a need and you know and and some women suffer terribly from menopausal you know hot flashes and night sweats and so and and you know and and hormones can be helpful for for bone support in menopause as well so you just have to weigh you know, but it is a risk. It is a risk. You know, birth control and 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 hormone replacement therapy is is does increase your risk of breast cancer. Yeah. Do you uh, have any recommendations regarding self exam? Is that something that you still encourage women to do? Absolutely, I do. Yes, I, I so many of my patients found you know the masses themselves found a uh, you know. Um, and an earlier diagnosis always makes a better prognosis. So much better. So much better. Yes. Much better prognosis. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I guess the the last thing that I'm thinking of is, is terms of supplements. You know, a lot of times we assume if we just eat colorful foods, we're going to get all the nutrients we need. Mm-hmm. But I know here at the Reardon Clinic, we ha- one of the big aha moments is when people get their nutrient laboratory test yeah. back and all of a sudden they can see three or four major gaps in their nutrient right. team and and a lot of times you know the 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 advertisement is such take this phytonutrient for that problem but what i think is missed oftentimes is that food and colors and nutrients in food it works like a team and mm-hmm. what we're doing at the Reardon Clinic is we're looking for the gaps in the team because that's right. that's where you're going to lose your football game is if you have one or two players that aren't doing their job right. And so you want to be able to determine where those gaps are and then fill mm-hmm. them in. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly eating whole foods and colorful foods and low, you know, the, uh, the low sugar foods, all those are good ideas. But I, I sure do encourage people to periodically get get your lab tested and see what your nutrient reserves are. I agree. I agree. And I let, you know, somebody's seeing me for prevention, then I will also run inflammatory markers and, you know, other things that we can address. And, you know, and, and some of, you know, 
addressing that with food isn't always possible. You have to use therapeutic doses of certain um, nutrients or, or herbs to be able to, to reduce that inflammation. Yes, and, and speaking of inflammation, uh, one of the unthought about causes of a high C-reactive protein or inflammation mm -hmm. marker is dental infections or what some people mm -hmm. call toxic teeth. And mm -hmm. there's some pretty good evidence that if you've got uh, a bad root canal, if you've got an infected infected gums, uh, mm -hmm. that that can drain through your lymphatics down to the breast mm -hmm. and, and put mm -hmm. you at a higher risk. And so sometimes we will refer our patients to, uh, to a dentist, a holistic dentist, uh, who will do a, a scan of the mouth to find out if there are any hidden infections. So that's I think that's something that's most people don't think about, but it can right. have a Right, that's big... a great thing to keep in mind. It's not something I refer for regularly either, so I will, yeah. I will do that. <laughs> so in general, what we're hoping people will do is to be more responsible for themselves, be more alert, uh, mm -hmm. read up on these things, and because I think in education and information is a still the most powerful driver that we have to help mm -hmm. us stay ahead of these, these trends where uh, where younger women are coming up with breast cancer, colon cancer, uh, mm -hmm. pancreatic cancer. So these are the types of things that if we give it extra attention now, we can uh, help head this off before it becomes a, a serious uh, threat to a person's health and well-being. Absolutely, so. yeah. Because I mean, with breast cancer in particular, only you know five to ten percent are, are are genetically based, and so. The rest are really influenced by by lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So we are so pleased to have you working with and for our patients here at the Reardon Clinic. Um, what's your feeling about being in Kansas? Have, you've spent a lot of your time in Oregon. How do you like Kansas? I love it here. Yes, it's beautiful. There's so much to do. Everyone is so kind. Um, yeah, I'm loving it. And we're just now getting to the best time of year. I'm not going to brag about summer. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'll tell you what the Kansas fall is is gorgeous and and the the air really gets nice and cool and fresh and so anyway yeah. Dr. Dunn thank you so much for joining me today and I hope this has given the women who are uh listening to this uh, uh some inner motivation to do these things these are not mm -hmm. big steps but you just have to do them in order to get the full right. benefit Absolutely so. absolutely one very important way that you can learn more about how food can protect you against cancer is to download our free Food as Medicine guidebook from the Reardon Clinic. Uh, Dr. Reardon, one of his key principles was we have to look upon food as our medicine and as our true prevention. But we oftentimes we think we know, but we don't get the full picture. So hopefully this book will guide you to a better knowledge of which foods are gonna give you the best results in terms of preventing breast cancer and other types of serious illness. Thank you again. You take Thank care. Thank you, Dr. Ron. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Real Health Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. You can also find all of the episodes and show notes over at realhealthpodcast.org. Also, be sure to visit reardonclinic.org where you will find hundreds of videos and articles to help you create your own version of real health.